Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Just sharing a little bit about prayer and fasting. And tonight our opening text will be from the book of Isaiah 58, which is the fasting and prayer chapter. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege of studying your word together. We do so in the name of Jesus. Give us ears that hear it, hearts to receive it, minds to be open to it, and change us by it from glory to glory as we humble ourselves before you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, during that particular time of this writing, when Isaiah was writing it, there were two things, two, you could say, um, rituals that they were practicing, fasting, and also Sabbath keeping, and that God wasn't pleased with the way they were doing it. And so that's why he addressed the subject. So first of all, in verse 1 through 5, we see that he addressed the fact that their prayers weren't being answered for a reason. Now, sometimes today, if we say didn't get their prayer answered no prayer was answered for them well well you never know it might not have been the will of god but god didn't say that here as a matter of fact he said something to the contrary and sometimes something that we don't like to hear god didn't have to change for them to get their prayers answered they did i'll say that one more time god didn't have to change for them to get their prayers answered they did so let's read them Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions, and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they did they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice, they take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? And so what he points out is that you were doing everything right in the natural, and that's fine. But he said your motive behind what you were doing was not right. Your fasting is insincere. Insincere. There was, they were practicing an empty ritual that had really no meaning to them. Going through the motions is what they were doing. Why were they fasting? They were fasting so that they could get it up on someone. They were fasting so that they could defeat someone. They were fasting so that they could show themselves to be right above someone else. They were fasting to glorify themselves is what they were doing. And so that God would help them win their arguments. And so God says, look, that's not what I want you to fast about. That's not what it's all about. So he was upset with them for what they were doing and their prayers weren't being answered. And he was not, he saw them, but he wasn't really seeing them. 
Look at Luke's gospel. We see Jesus addressing the same subject. In chapter 18, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Notice how they saw themselves and how they saw others. Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even tax collectors. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Wow. So this guy is praying with himself, basically, and trying to point out to God all how, how good he is. Why? Because he fasts twice a week and because he gives tithes. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So here we see that this man who was fasting twice a week wasn't impressing Jesus at all, was he? Jesus wasn't impressed because he gave tithes and because he fasted two times a week. Basically, what he was saying was, I don't even see that. So can you imagine two days out of the week that you choose not to eat anything throughout the entirety of the day to no avail for no reason whatsoever? Ah, go get a Big Mac or something. Think about it. I don't see that. But this guy over here, the humble guy, I'm watching everything that he does. You see, he saw things differently. So this guy got Jesus' attention, even though he was a tax collector. Now look at the next. God reveals acceptable and proper fasting. We can elaborate on that more, but let's just look at verses 6 and 7 in the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to your house, when thou seest the naked, that you cover him, and that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. In reality, he is saying, look, getting it right with others is what fasting is all about. Look, this is not just talking about casting out devils and demons and all that. This is talking about rebuking them for their practices. You know what? They were oppressing other people. They were putting demands upon other people that they didn't keep themselves. They're trying to keep people under their thumb and that sort of thing and kind of dictate to their lives. They weren't concerned about their well-being. And what does that tell us? Getting it right with God involves getting it right with people. And if we're not willing to get it right with people, God is saying, you're not going to get it right with me. Because you see, more than anything else, he's concerned about people. Not whether or not you had a hot dog today, but how are you treating other people? You treat them with love and kindness. You treat them with respect and dignity. And you also help them if they have a need. If they have a need, he says, meet, reach, reach out to them and meet that need. And if you'll fast for those reasons, now you're getting my attention. So stop oppressing others. He is saying, stop what you're doing in hurting other people and start loving people and caring for other people. So in verses 8 through 12, let's read those. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. He reveals to them the blessings of doing it his way and not their way. Your light will break forth as the morning. Your health will spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear, rear guard or rear reward. Then shalt thou call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and he shall say, here I am. 
if you take away the midst of the, the yoke and putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity, notice three things there in a moment. And if you draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, two things there, then your light will rise in obscurity and your darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, notice, and satisfy your soul in drought. And make fat your bones, and ye shall be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the past to dwell in. So here we see him telling the people, look, you do it my way. What's going to happen is these blessings and promises will be fulfilled in your lives. Who wouldn't want those blessings? What are they? He says, your light is going to rise up. In other words, in the darkness, you'll have light. You'll have direction. You'll have guidance. You'll have health. You'll have me listening to what you're saying, your prayers, to be there to answer whatever it is that you need. You'll be satisfied with refreshing. Your spiritual refreshing will be daily. It'll be upon you. But there are three things he pointed out for them to stop doing. Stop doing what they were doing. And what were they? Number one, they were mistreating others. Number two, they were finger pointing. And number three, they were speaking evil. Those three things he mentioned there and said, you got to stop those three things that you're doing. Because that's offensive to him. The second thing he said was the two things that they had to do. Reach out. We could say those were sins of commission, but these are sins of omission. Not doing something that you're supposed to do. Well, what were they supposed to do? He said here to reach out to the hungry and also to the afflicted in soul. In other words, meet their physical needs and help reach out to help their emotional needs. And if you'll do that, now you're fasting the way I want you to fast. And you're doing it the way I want you to do it. So notice he's saying this is about the individual. It's not just about, you see, them reaching out to God so that they can do something on the outside he said, look, you reach out to God to do something on the inside, yourself first, change yourself first. He said, if you'll evaluate yourself and allow me just to move in and create this within you, this is what you're going to experience. This is why I really believe with all my heart that in this season that we're in right now, this is more about shining the light of God's scrutiny upon ourselves as individuals and as a church body. That's what he's speaking to our hearts. Let me deal with your heart. Everyone should examine themselves, which is on Sundays. We're talking about self-examination, self-assessment, -assess examining your own heart to really locate yourself spiritually and see where you're really at. So these are some of the things that he pointed out. But then in verses 13 and 14, notice this. Notice what he brings up. If you turn your foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father. Notice, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. You know, when God says, with my mouth I have spoken it, you know he's emphasizing something very important. This is what I'm saying. This is what I've said. This is what I want you to do. What were they doing? They were also not properly fasting, but they were also not properly observing the Sabbath day. And Isaiah was basically instructed to tell them, look, this is what you're doing. You're fasting, yes, you're uh, praying as well, but you're not doing it the way God has asked you to do it. 
It just became a ritual, empty, shallow ritual that you're going through, and it's meaningless. And it's easy to get into that rut for anybody, no matter who we are. You realize that? It's just like going to church. It's like he is saying the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You can go to church and just say, okay, I'm going to church, but it doesn't really mean anything. And what he is saying to them, look, it's important that you judge your heart, examine your heart. Look within yourself and determine, am I being motivated for the right reasons? Am I doing the way it, God wants me to do it? Well, when it comes to the Sabbath day, Christ fulfilled the purpose of the Sabbath in every one of our lives. As a matter of fact, he is our Sabbath. There are those today that say we as Christians should be observing the Sabbath, but you know what? He is our Sabbath. He fulfilled the Sabbath. And as a result of what he's done and what he's fulfilled, we keep the Sabbath not once a week, but we keep the Sabbath every day. He's the Sabbath day rest that we enter into. It's in Christ. And so what's he saying? What they did on one day, they were, we're supposed to be doing every day. Putting him first, honoring him first in our lives. I'm going to read something that I got from uh, Adam Clark. Notice what it says. Those who insist on the Sabbath day rest must also observe a six-day work week. Adam Clark. There are those that want to say, well, we should have a Sabbath day. Well, do you work six days a week? Because you see, they go hand in hand. They go together. If they feel that we should fulfill that, then we should fulfill the other as well. So Jesus is the one who is our Sabbath. We've entered into him, and every single day of our lives, we should be honoring him by living the way he wants us to live and honoring him how the way he's just instructed us right here. So in closing, God emphasized to these people that they were doing things wrong. He exposed the fact that they were empty religious rituals that they were participating in. And they were not doing it the way God wanted them to do it. But if they would turn from the way they were doing things, they would have an audience with God. God would listen to what they were asking him to do for them. But until they did their part, God was not obligated in any way to do his part. There were two things that he said, fasting and also Sabbath keeping. And those two things were things that they were not to do. Don't do this. Don't eat. And what about the Sabbath? Don't work, right? Our walk with God is not defined by what we don't do. Because you could not eat and you could not work on a Sabbath day. But he said, if your heart's not in it, it means absolutely nothing. Our lives and our walk with God is defined by what we do. And the motive behind what we do. So he's saying, if you're going to fast and you're going to pray... And take these things into consideration. This is why you're doing it. These are the reasons why we're doing it. We want a revival within ourselves first. We want God to manifest himself in our lives and see to it that whatever it is that we need to adjust or correct, that we take the time to do it. So let's all stand together before the Lord. Because who wants to spend a whole day fasting and God says, I, I don't see it. Who wants to spend time in prayer and God says, I don't hear you. Anybody want to do that? No. no. I want them to hear me. I want them to see me. What did they say? You don't see us. You don't see what we're doing. He said, well, it's not my fault. It's yours.